Hello everybody, welcome back to Fast Get Rewatch. It's season three, episode seven, and it's called Thanks for Sharing. And I am your host, Can't Wear Hats, and joining me is Red Nightmare. Hi, thanks for sharing this podcast with me. Yes. Oh no, this is all no problem, and thank you for sharing it with me. <laughs> See what we did there. Anyway, we're back now with uh, this follow-up from last week, which was our one-year anniversary, 50th episode special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good times. That stream we did, which was... Oh, no, wait, no, no. I shouldn't say that, otherwise you have to we're recording two weeks in the... You can't mess with time like that, okay? <laughs> You're going to cause a paradox. <laughs> anyway... The episode, even though it's not like a two-parter or anything, there's been a big, big change uh, at the end of the last uh, episode, the end of Eat Me. So this week's episode kicks off with a previously on Farscape. <laughs> Which was funny, because when it started, it was like, why is there a previous? Oh, right, because Chris is back. No. And then it keeps going on. <laughs> oh, right, also because there's two Crichtons now. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's, that's, re- that's relevant information, yes. Yep, <laughs> it's pretty important. And seemingly, the two Crichtons thing is not going away anytime soon, yeah. So, we actually open with uh, a shot of... Actually, it's Talon and Moya in the lower atmosphere of a planet. There's a lot of very heavy gases rolling around. We see, like, Mm -hmm. a city down below that we pan up from to Moya. So, remember, Talon was really, really badly hurt in the sort of the B-plot of last week's episode. Yep. And we didn't find out why, and it was all a mystery. And so Moya is giving some nutrients to Talon to try and, uh, well, to try and make him better. Just like in the old days, Billy mm-hmm. yep. and all again. Yeah, and so they're hanging there. But uh, inside Moya, we cut into uh, both Crichtons arguing with each other. <laughs> why are you arguing with yourself, John? Why are you arguing with yourself? <laughs> both of them are convinced that the other one is the clone. Yes. <laughs> Despite the fact we had the whole thing last episode about how they're equal and original and there isn't an original and a clone, they're both the same. Well, I mean, a madman told them that. Uh, that's, so I, that's true. I, I understand they're a little bit hesitant on believing that. Yeah, and <laughs> Aaron is there trying to mediate between both Crichtons. And, uh, they're like, you, you, can, you can recognize I'm the real me, right? I no. It's like no, I literally can't tell the difference. Here, you <laughs> so. wear this so I can tell you apart. Wait, why me? Because you were closest. <laughs> and it says, "Well, why don't you come down and help me?" It's like because I needed here. It's like, "Well, no, wait. There's two of you. Like, you come with me, <laughs> and you yeah. stay here." It's like, "Why me? Just because. Just shut up." <laughs> <laughs> so actually, to make things slightly easier, so here's what happened when you said like she gives John a shirt. So we have. John wearing a green shirt and John wearing a black shirt. Okay, so we have black John and green John. Yes, exactly. Okay. That should make things easier to uh, to discuss. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, green John goes to watch Crace, who's being tended to in the in what was Zan's uh, lab, is in the infirmary, basically, by Jewel, and uh, black John goes to Talon to yes. help Stark try and fix Talon. So, then we go down to the planet that they're orbiting, or the planet that they're hovering above, we see that uh, Rigel, Chiana, and Dargo are down there. Also, actually, I want to talk about the establishing shot for this scene. So we start on, like, a shot of a cityscape, mm-hmm. like a map painting of some kind, then it pans across, uh, and it pans across to the front of a building, and there's a big window, and then the camera goes, zooms in through the window, and it's a bar with people... Uh, you know, drinking and standing around, and yeah. then we see Dargo and, and Chiana. One and of the random people standing in the bar has a giant afro. Yeah, like, <laughs> it does whoa. stick out quite a bit. <laughs> Pretty hard to miss. <laughs> so they're negotiating uh, with a woman for uh, some chromextin, they say, mm-hmm. which they need to fix Talon. Yeah, and Rigel's getting, cl- you know, he's he's doing his. Uh, diplomacy kind of act trying to secure a deal and like oh you know be handsomely paid and the woman they're talking to uh talks like well your reputation isn't very useful around here we'd have to have the the security chief authorize this deal rises uh, like reputation oh it's just oh no no <laughs> and uh while Rigel's talking with uh, this woman chiana is off you know having a drink having some having some food mm-hmm. and uh a man comes in with uh, he's got sort of dark hair and a short goatee and blue contacts, like bright blue, like yeah. if kind of like Dune, 
if you, <laughs> you know that, like with the really bright blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he comes in and starts making advances on her. I want to put emphasis on the way he and his accomplice enter the scene. Oh, yes, yes, please. They walk in wearing cloaks. Mm. And suddenly, three women that, that we see earlier in shot suddenly like oh, very timid. And they stand there, just wait. Women come, take off their cloaks. And the main guy looks annoyed that they took this long. Yes. So immediately... God, great facial acting on that. <laughs> and oh. immediately you know what kind of assholes these people yes. are. <laughs> they haven't like... said a word. They already yeah. know these two are assholes. It's yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. And then he goes over to Chiana and he says, Oh, I didn't know they were hiring exotics here. And it's like, Chiana says, I don't work here, okay? I'm just here to... Have a drink. Well, maybe we'll give you a try anyway. And then he puts, I think oh. it's uh, some food, like, down the front of her top. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, okay, I've had enough the of this. And like, wraps her from the back. And Dargo sees this. Chan is like, I swear I wasn't looking for any trouble. Well, you're not in any trouble. No, but you are. <laughs> Dargo just starts. And then, of course, then a fight breaks out, and they have a huge dust-up, and... Know, it's not that huge. Dargo just floors them pretty quickly, but I like when when he takes out the guy that who throws the first punch, by the way. Dargo does not throw the first punch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The main guy uh, attacks Dargo and just grabs him, punches him, throws him away. He walks back to grab the guy that is holding Gianna, and Dargo's just like, every frelling planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come here. I love that. Over no. the table. Because it does, it happens all the time. <laughs> Why? Why do people keep doing this? And, of course, we go back to Rigel, who's watching this all unfold. And the woman he's talking to just gets up to leave. He's like, oh, where are you going? I thought we had a deal. He's like, no, not anymore, we don't. And yeah, yeah, looks, Guess who that man is? And he looks across and goes, oh, no, don't that tell me. The security officer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we got the titles. I love that. I love Yeah. <laughs> I know we've talked about before uh, how sometimes the crew of Farscape reminds us of like a and d party. Uh -huh. And this kind of tripped that for me as well of like, especially Dargo going, every frowning planet. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> every time we go into a bar, there's always a fight. And ah, uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, I just love the fact that, of course, the fight they have is with security. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you want to make these locations as tight and as small as possible because that's where the fun parts happen. <laughs> when everybody's connected. Mm. So we have the opening title in which I'm disappointed that there's only one Crichton. There's only one time Ben ah. Browder. They should, they should have opened with Ben Browder at the start and ah. then at the end of everything, Ben Browder again. Ah, but is there? Because... You know how Crichton has, in voiceover, two different voice Ooh. tracks. Ooh. Ah. ah. So they, mm. oh, they, they, they preemptively put two voices in. Interesting. <laughs> I had yeah. never thought of that. I don't know if that was intentional, but it certainly it's, works. I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible it was, wasn't intentional, but it seems too good to be true. Mm. Yeah, because remember, you know, you've got if I come back and then another voice line in the back of going, if I open the door, it, it totally works for this because we've mm -hmm. got two Crichtons now. Ah, you see? Sneaky. No, okay, I... I, I, <laughs> I I'm still sad they didn't go Ben Browder at the start and have the whole cast and at the end... <laughs> and Ben Browder. Starring Ben Browder right. with guest star Ben Browder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, he's just in a guest star list. It's like, mm. guest star Ben Browder. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So after titles, we are on Talon, and we've got uh, Black John and Stark, and mm -hmm. Stark is uh, hopping about saying that, no, everything is offline, everything is not working, all broken, even Talon's DRDs, which apparently he has, he makes them as he grows. So everything is basically offline, Talon is in really bad shape, uh, mm -hmm. but the neural link with Crace is still working, and it may be the only thing that's keeping Talon alive. John's like... Yeah, okay, but what if you got it backwards? What if we disconnect Crace? Crace dies, town lives. Huh? 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 And he's like, hmm. No, we tried that, didn't work. <laughs> yeah, because they tried all disconnecting Crace and it almost killed Talon, so no, that ain't happening. So then we got cut back to Moya, mm -hmm. and uh, John Green, Green John, is uh, talking to Jewel, who's trying to heal Crace. She's, yeah. you know, trying to make sense of all the medical equipment, and Chris is kind of held, held down with some restraints on the, on a bed. 
And he's like, I thought you knew this. It's like, yes, I got three degrees in like xenobiology and genetics, genetics, and something, something else. And it's like, okay, well, this should be fine then. Ah, good, good, good. We have a doctor again. We have a healer. <laughs> sort of. Clearly, well, yeah, clearly not a cleric, but a healer at least. <laughs> she's book smart, though, not really street smart, so she's not really used to all of this no. uh, actual practical stuff. But what Green John convinces her to do is like, okay, actually there's some samples that uh, Zan took a mm -hmm. while ago. I want you to compare it to the DNA of uh, the clone. and MP. And to prove that I'm the real one, you know. Yeah. And also, the reason he convinces her of this is because Jules complaining that there's nothing sweet around here. Mm. And John's like, I know where Rigel keeps his cake. And that's sweeter than a sweet thing. And sweet thing. <laughs> she's like, fine then, alright, fine. <laughs> so he, he goes off and I'm still convinced. It's like, okay, no, I'm the real Crichton. No, I'm, I'm the, the real. real I'm, I'm the real Crichton. Yes, I'm the real Crichton. All the other John Crichtons are just imitating. <laughs> Would the real John Crichton please stand up? <laughs> anyway, Jewel goes back to looking after Crace, who wakes up suddenly and immediately grabs Jewel by the throat. Who are you? Release me! Because well, he, he has no idea who Jewel is, and she manages to grab uh, an implement and stab his hand, and then she just starts screaming, and uh, then Green John just turns around and is like, whoop, runs back to... Aaron! Yeah, calls for Aaron. Witness Bay! Yep, so he goes in, Crace is woken like, up. He's like, Crace, Crace, let her go, let her go, points the pistol at him. And yeah, once he sees Crichton, he's like, oh, wait, what? And then Aaron comes in, and Crace is like, what? You're alive? I'm like, oh yeah, he wasn't there for that. And John says, oh yeah, you missed that bit. Yes, because Talon and Chris just left uh, at the end of season two. Before everybody had found out that everyone was still alive. So he thought she was still dead. But once he sees the two of them, he's like, I'm on Moya. It's like, yes. And he you know, lets Jewel go and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Jewel's like, okay, he's healed. Now I hope he drops dead. <laughs> <laughs> And so we find out what uh, actually happened to Talon, which is that Talon was attacked. And actually, John says, who was it? The Placavoid? The Skeksis? <laughs> the big bad wolf. Yeah. Also, it says the Skeksis, kind of a reference to the uh, Halosians, remember? The big bird-looking creatures that we said on the podcast looked like the Skeksis from the Dark oh, Crystal. Oh, right. Nice. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but no, it wasn't any of those. Kray says it was actually peacekeepers, mm -hmm. and they want Talon back. He shows the data from the fight he had with the peacekeepers, where a few prowlers attacked him, Talon managed to take one out. But it turned out it was a clever ruse to get a, what does Aaron call it, a vigilante-class cruiser, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those close enough to use a dampening pulse. Yeah, to knock Talon out, and they just barely got away. Yeah, they managed to start burst with the last of their energy. So, basically, the peacekeepers want Talon back. Yeah. Great. <laughs> well, at least we can go back to saying that uh, they're going to be chased by an insane military commander. Mm-hmm, yep. See, there's also a scene here with uh, Rigel down on the planet again. The planet's called Canvia, which doesn't come up too much, but... It will help us talk about it. And yeah. uh, he's talking with the ruler of the planet, the sovereign, uh, Rinnick Pralonth, who's the yes. father of the security officer, Tolvan, and Tolvan's sister, Sarova, is there as well. And Rigel is being his amiable diplomatic self. It's like, the Luxon will be punished. And they're in this big office, and uh, Pralonth has actually, he's got like this metal collar around his neck with tubes coming out of it, so he's clearly mm -hmm. on some form of life support. There seems to be something wrong with his lungs. Yeah, and Rigel's trying to convince them that they're harmless, we just want the stuff, and then we'll go, it'll be fine. Like, well, you're criminals. No, you're not criminals. You have a reputation. Really? Do you know how rumors get started? <laughs> it's like, so you deny it? I deny its importance. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> that's right, never lying, always conniving. <laughs> And, yeah, see, this is why Rigel has been able to stay around, because occasionally he does something useful like this. Mm -hmm. But Pralinoff says to Rigel, like, no, we're not going to sell to you, because Tolvin thinks that they're actually hiding gunships to attack them. Rigel's like, we don't have a gunship. Lying. <laughs> the stuff they need to heal Talon, Rigel rightfully says we need it for medical purposes, but 
Apparently, there is no medical purpose. It's only used to power guns. Tolvan, of course, does not believe that they want it for anything medical. And it's like, no, you can't can't have it. Well, he just wants to blow them up. Yeah, he doesn't want them to leave the planet and have them all killed. But uh, his sister, Sarova, seems to be more on uh, Rigel's side. Just let them negotiate. Let's let them just trade. Just let them pay them. you, and then well, they'll leave. But Pralinoth says, okay, no, you're not getting your stuff. We're not going to kill you. You've got an arm to leave the planet. It seems fair. I mean, it's, you know, it's in between. So they've got to get out of here, but they're not going to get the stuff they need to fix Talon. It's pretty clear also earlier that Sarova's on their side, because Sarova also says about, according to some witnesses, there's no reason the election should be punished. Because he didn't start the fight. Did he, Tolvan? Like, ah, you believe him over me. How dare you? Yes, we know you, Tolvan, that's mine. <laughs> and so actually that's when we cut to, like, the last bit of, Crace explaining what happened, but um, you, uh, there's something I want to mention that Crace mentions that they just managed to get away from the Peacekeeper squad, but they won't be afraid to take Moya to get to Talon. Yeah. And so I'm going to get Talon back to some measure of health, and then we're just going to run away. We're going to flee again. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll get to Talon, we'll disconnect from Moya, and then he can't get up, and Aaron rightfully says, look, Moya is not going to abandon Talon as long as he's getting worse, and neither will we. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. And well, Rachel has made his way to the pot and is like, Dargo, okay, time to leave. Dargo, where are you? And Goes over the comm. Dargo, we're leaving! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dargo and Chiana are at the back at the refreshment house they're at earlier, trying to find another source for the Chromexton. Yes. So like, no, we're not leaving, we need to find this stuff for Talon. And Rigel says, well, I'm going without you. And uh, Dargo says, no, you're not. It's like, what have you done to the ship? It's like, nothing you can fix. Dang it, Dargo. <laughs> do you want to kill everyone? So back up on Moya, Crace is slowly recovering. Because he asks Aaron, was I out? Uh, just for a bit. But he says, it's like, there's something I wanted to I need to tell you. And she says, oh, shall I go and get John? Is this important? And he says, no, I, it's for you. So Talon was designed with intelligence gathering equipment. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he hacked into, basically hacked into Peacekeeper database and went through a bunch of uh, files, including uh, Aaron's personnel file, which is a little creepy, but okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I hacked into your personnel file and read it. It's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but... What? I had good intentions, honest. That's but what they all say. He found something that he thinks that she'll really want to see, which, remember, go all the way back to Daimi Dichotomy, he had yeah. the thing on the chip where he's like, I think this would have made her the happiest of all of us, and I'm really sad we didn't get to show it to her. Well, now yep. he does. Yep, second chance. And so he plays the chip. There's a video on it of mm. uh, what looked to be some barracks, Peacekeeper barracks, and there's a bunch of beds lining uh, either side of a long hall there's a peacekeeper officer, a woman walking down the middle, and she goes to the end and wakes up one of the children. It says, Aaron, wake up. So this is a uh, tiny child, Aaron, and it's her, it's her mother, uh, Zalax. Yeah, she introduces herself. I'm your mother. I need to tell you something. You're not conscripted. You are not a mandated birth to fill the ranks. You were conceived by two people in love. Your father, yeah. Talon, and I, we had you we on purpose. You. you had you on purpose, and you need to know that. It makes you special. But you need to never tell anyone about this. Do you understand? And I like that current Aaron nods, and you can also, and the girl, baby Aaron, also nods. Yeah, she's probably like 12 years old or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that. And mm -hmm. you can see on Aaron's face, like current Aaron, just the emotion of seeing this video. And she says, once it's over, says, I, I wasn't sure if I dreamed that or not. Good save by the show. Because technically, this has already been mentioned before. I yes. can't remember which episode, mm. but the fact that she was conceived out of love, not to fill the ranks, she already knew. But to make this a bit of a reveal, the fact that she dreamt it and wasn't entirely sure if it happened or not, mm. manages to still make yeah. it a reveal like, yes, you were not imagining it. Yeah, it's confirmed. And so, Chris says, like, this video was on your file and hers mm -hmm. and she says what about Talon her father and I didn't find anything about him and the last notes on Zalak's uh, file say that she was promoted to senior officer. There's a few gaps in it and she was probably court-martialed for telling her daughter this or something yeah but then he says she was promoted to senior officer of an elite task force and Aaron's like oh no <laughs> oh let me guess she's involved in this whole operation of capturing 
Talon, isn't she? Yep, it is under the command of senior officer Zalak Sun. Yeah, it's it's worse. She's not just involved. She's in command. Yep. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, twist the knife, twist the knife, yo. All right. Good, 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 good. <laughs> okay. That's what you do. You make it worse. You make it personal. Speaking of making things worse, we go back to uh, the planet and we see Tolvan, and he's been told by his underlings that uh, the ships have not left the atmosphere. They had an arm and they're not gone. There's also an unidentified ship in geosynchronous orbit, they mention. Hmm. I think I know which ship that is. I'm pretty, yeah, they're pretty sure those are the peacekeepers waiting oh, yeah. for them to come out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So Tolvan says, okay, well, they've not left, but because they're in the very dense atmosphere, we can't target them. So just fire a bunch of concussive missiles up there and smoke them out, basically. Yeah, what they're doing is the uh, reverse depth charge. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's a side panel on one of the walls in his office, and it just slides out with all the controls for the military mm -hmm. stuff on it. And it's just boop, boop, all right, off they go. And so the uh, missiles get fired, and Talon and Moya get shook by the explosions, and Moya's senses get disrupted. Right before that happens on their end, Stark and Black John are talking. He comes and is like, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. It's like, hey, he uses a light, it just moves it. Almost hypnotizing, like, work now, panic later. Work now, panic later. And Stark's like, okay, okay, how much later? I love that. That was a good, great performance. And then the explosions start happening. It's oh. like, oh, nice. Also, there is a short scene I, I realized we just missed before the explosions happen on Moya with Green John and Jewel, where uh, Jewel is taking a sample from Crichton. <laughs> and she's like, well, if, I need, if I'm going to make a DNA comparison, I need something fresh that hasn't degraded and... Um, I need not, some... not been exposed to solar radiation. And so she's, go, she's going for a butt, for his butt with the devices. He's like, hey, whoa, take my shoulder. It's that's I always wear shirts. He just SPF. grabs it from his butt anyway. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Then all the missiles start going off. The explosions happen. They get shaken about. And they're like, oh God, what do we, what do, we do? We can't fight back. Talon's weapons aren't working. No. And I love that John Black and Stark walk into Talon's command and... Stark just puts up his hand. Talon, I am here to ease your p passage into death. And John's like, put that down! We're not done. Help me get these weapons online. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, well, what do we do? We don't know. And But John Black comes up with a plan. And he's like, they're like, okay, we need to go up. And Chris says, nope, retrieval squad's up there. That's not going to work. So like, we can't get Talon's guns working, but they don't know that. <laughs> ah. So John Black gets on the comms and starts talking about his plan, so we're going to go down. We can't get Talon's guns to fire, but can we get them to turn on and like and move about? And like, yeah, he asks Crace, like, can you move it? Can you aim it? Yeah. It's like, probably? Good. Okay. And I like that as John Black is explaining this plan, and they're like, what? what is he doing? Green John from the other ships talks to Pilot. It's like, no, Pilot, I think I know what he's doing. He's going to need a comm channel, Black John, over this one. I'm going to need a comm, comm channel. channel. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, yep, okay, okay. We've seen this before. And so they lower down into what they call the Bonosphere, so chill, whatever. And Talon uh, gets his large gun and, like, targets the... Because they descend right in front of the office where the uh, where they were negotiating before. Aside from asking Crace to aim the gun, he also asks, "Okay, give me the biggest, juiciest target you got: government building, stadium, McDonald's. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, so they come right down in front of the government building, and like Talon's guns like point directly at it, and uh, it's John Black that goes over the comms to Pralanoff and says, "I am Pralanoff. What do you want?" Like, I'm John Crichton, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> basically threatens them saying hey yeah. you're shooting at us and uh, yeah if you don't want this fair city of yours to be reduced to a glowing pile of sand uh, stop and it's like you know our reputation so you know don't yeah. mess with us we level a shadow depository yep and tolvan wants to keep firing he's like no continue shooting but pranloth is like no stop stand no. down we don't want anything bad to happen and i'll talk to you face to face he says to john John's, okay, I was going to send my representatives, but fine. I'll come down. So, yeah, John Black goes down to the planet, and he walks into the uh, office and... Uh, uh, right to that, which I like. Yeah, they do. Pretty, okay, I'll come down. Way. Bam, John is down. And he's walking in with his large trench coat on. It's like, hey, what's what's the problem here? Man, yeah. why, we just want our stuff, and we'll pay you, and then we'll leave. We came in here 
just looking for stuff. We didn't try to take anything by force. We weren't disruptive, and you start shooting at us. What yeah. gives? And Tolvan is objecting. He's like, this is... Uh, no, you'd want to destroy us. You're here to... You're thieves. Yeah. No, and you're lying. That's a big word, boy. Careful. <laughs> like that John calls him a boy. Yeah, and of course, Sorova is again trying to placate him and being apologetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, lies, you say. Oh, okay, well, we'll see about that. And so he grabs, Tolvan's men grab John. Yeah. And they take him to a tank at the back of the room. Yeah, an aquarium. Like dyed blue water kind of uh, there. Mm-hmm. And they hold him down. It's like, oh, whoa, hey, what's going on? And there's this lobster-like creature. That facehugger. Lo- it's a yeah, facehugger. Hugger. That's, that's let's what, be it honest, is. what it is. It's a facehugger. And it latches onto his face, and then it sort of scuttles around to the back of his head, and there are, like, claws. There's four claws that basically grab his jaw while sitting on his uh, on the back of his head. They're clamped tight and there's another appendage with a, like a little tip on the end of it that looks very sharp. sharp. Sharp tip. Kind of tracing along the front of his head. And so what it is, it's a creature that can tell if you're lying. It's a biological lie detector. If it detects that you're lying, it's been trained to kill. Lie! And you get a blade stuffed up your skull. Yeah. And it says, are you here to disrupt and cause us problems and John's like no no we're here to buy the Cremexton and then get out period see it's not killing me see (laughs) and they have no interest of causing any trouble they couldn't care less about the politics around here they just want the stuff and get out of dodge yeah so that seems to have gone all right i guess for having a uh, face like a strap to your head but you know yeah, that's the advantage of lie detectors when you're not lying mm. so meanwhile back up with talon actually Grace and aaron have gone over to talon and they're examining the damage and he's you know, still re- in really bad shape mm-hmm. and again Grace says to aaron's like you need to stay on talon with us also, since your mother is involved, we may be able to use that to our advantage to persuade that, her to stop the pursuit. That's, I, I, yeah, that's, it's not entirely the angle he goes by, because he says, look, we need you here. The Talon is going to be chased, and that can't happen, but I know Talon. He's not going to let himself get right. taken alive. Yes. And Aaron's like, what, you expect me to go against my own mother? And I love that Chris says this. I'm hoping your presence will provide an, another answer. Mm, yes. Like, diplomat Chris? Being like, look, I, I want a third option. Yeah. Since when are you thinking like John? Yeah, use Aaron as a little bit of leverage, basically, over her mother. I don't I know if that's maybe almost, the right no, word. No, 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 but... because he literally says, look, it's clear there was something good in your mother, and you're, you're, my, you might be the only person able to find that. Yeah, and actually, you're right, because then he brings up, like, Aaron says she's a, just a peacekeeper officer. Yes, she's a thug. She's a dumb thug, but she can be more. Exactly, like Chris says, like, like you and I once were. Yeah. But she can be more, and like, nah. yes, yes, more All than right. that, yes, exactly. We're going for the redemption, redemption story. Yes. Well, at least that's what Crace is trying to that, That's trying That's Crace's hope, because yeah. it's clear that Crace is like, look, I want to give everybody who was in our position the chance to redeem themselves, because mm. with some distance, holy crap, peacekeepers are horrible people, and we need to structurally solve this problem. <laughs> yep. I'm impressed that he's really like, look, I want to get your mother out of this. Because clearly she has some tendency for emotion, mm. for kindness. I would like to solve this whole problem without killing anyone. What's interesting is, like, Chris seems to be genuine about this, as far as we can tell. Mm. And Erin may not think it's necessarily going to work, but she at least believes his intentions. Both Johns don't believe him. because no. <laughs> they, they still still don't trust Chris. And to be fair, I mean, Grace has chased them around the galaxy and tried yeah. to kill him on several <laughs> occasions. I do not blame them. There's a bit earlier where um, Grace is telling the story of what happened to Talon, and he says, you don't believe me, do you, Crichton? And, and Crichton responds, no, I know you. Yeah, only because I know you. <laughs> so it's going to take a lot for them to start trusting Grace. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after that scene, we cut back down to the planet, back to the bar, mm-hmm. and John Black and Dargo and Chiana are all talking it's like yeah this is uh this isn't going to well. and Dargo says i went around a bunch of different places there wasn't anywhere near the amount of cremexin that we need no 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 buyer had uh, the whole stack but basically the rulers have said okay fine you know what we'll hook you up with this stuff you're still gonna pay us but yeah we'll hook you guys up and then you can get the hell out of our hair but it's Jen- gonna take some time Janet just wants to rob a bunch of banks. She's like, yeah, can't we just take some guns and rob it? And Dargo says, okay, that means we would have to pull off ten separate robberies (laughs) on this planet. It's like, well, that's (laughs) that's crazy. So? So? (laughs) True. 
<laughs> but as they're sitting there, John gets handed a black uh, cylinder yeah. that starts beeping. And he's like, huh? Is is this a proposition? And actually they twist it and it, it basically, it's a phone. And John says, yeah, oh, it's a, oh, it's a phone. Okay, cool. It's not a flip phone. It's a twist phone. It's like, <laughs> it's, it, it's like an almost... Yeah, it's almost like a rod, but then you twist it, and then it becomes... It's, it's uh, like a 90-degree angle. angle, yeah. Yeah. And he starts talking, it's like, um, hey, yeah, okay. Uh, hello! <laughs> uh, can you hear me now? Is and this thing on? <laughs> but it's Sarova, and she wants to meet with Crichton alone to discuss the Chromexit. And John's like, well, can we just talk now? And she's like, no, this is... You know, we need to be private, we need to be alone, and you need to. there's something I need to tell you, and typical kind of thing. And then she hangs up. <laughs> And I'm thinking, what is this, a noir story? A little bit, but <laughs> when she hangs up and... Like, it is, by the way. <laughs> John kind of looks over, yeah, John looks over at Dargo and just immediately says, like, yeah, I don't like it either. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Rainy Alley behind the, that place and like, oh, it is a noir story. Yeah, there's <laughs> a Rainy Alleyway and Dargo and Chiano are there in their cloaks and John's like, okay, go, you can leave... And Sarova comes in from behind them, dressed like always, only carrying an umbrella. So they walk and talk for a bit, and it's like, all right, where are we, uh, where are we going? It's like, oh, are they going to mind that we're breaking into this uh, refreshment house? And she's, she says, I, I own the place, it's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and John, John says, well, you can buy me a drink then. So, because it's, it's after hours, and they go in, and they're sat there, and she says that uh, Tolvan will not allow the transaction, despite Pranloth saying that, that they can. Or at least he doesn't like it at all. She's not certain what he's going to do. Yeah, and of course, of course, like, once again, this is another planet with a political structure where the, you've got the two kids vying for the throne, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> their dad has said, look, you two are ruling together once I die. I'm like, no, that's actually not a bad idea. You see that one kid is possibly a little bit too friendly, another kid is possibly a little bit too aggressive, even in that. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> but of but course, I, they don't want to do that, and Tolvin wants to take power for himself. Yeah, because she's she's convinced Tolvin is not going uh, The moment he, their father dies, she's just going to assume power and just toss her to the side. Yeah, but she wants to rule by herself because she thinks Tolvin is stupid and is a dumb idiot who's going to get them into a lot of trouble. So he's going to keep trying to stop the transaction, so you need, we need to do something about him. Mm -hmm. And as they're talking... That we see a shot, a close-up of this weird, like, red alien hand. Mm -hmm. And it pushes something through great. And it's, like, red putty, and it goes thump onto the floor, and then just starts moving on its own. How did they do that? I don't know. I'm not sure if that was, like, a CG shot, or it was, like, being... Maybe there was, like, a leaf blower or something. Yeah, but it's just... It looks so good. It's like thump, 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 Either that's very good CG, or I really want to know the trick behind that. <laughs> so uh, that's like flapping around the ground, and then there's another one that gets pushed in, and it's blue. And there's blue putty going flap, 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 flap. Mm -hmm. And so as they're talking, it's like rolling around the ground. We see close-ups of it. But then as they keep talking, uh, Sarova kind of puts her leg over John's lap and is like, you know, we could uh, do something together. And he's just like, um, you know, this is really a little uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah. I'm under a lot of pressure and like oh Farscape Riders well there's been an increasing theme recently in that uh, when they get to these places or these things where there's all this other stuff going on and mm -hmm. there's people who are trying to use them and they're just like okay I don't care I just want to get what I want yeah, and yeah, leave yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore I'm not sticking around to fix this get, I, I, get the I, hell I'm out of really here okay with that it's just like why does every woman John meet need to yeah uh, yeah anyway. yeah yeah and I'm like yeah. On one hand, I'm like, of course, she's she's a clever ruler. She's going to use everything at her disposal I to guess. get which, to get things done. But it's just, it's a bit of a cliche. It is definitely, yeah. But I do like how that they're just they're, everyone on the crew is now just like, f this place. I'm yeah, not no, sticking around like, to fix it. I don't care. Yeah. We just want our stuff and want to go. Heck, it, it seems to be working just fine. We don't have we don't have to fix everybody's political situation. Yeah. What, what do we look like? We're we're escaped convicts, not political <laughs> advisors. Damn it, Jim. I'm an escaped con, not a political side. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. So that starts happening, but it can't get any further because the two blobs of putty, the red and the blue, like, meet up and, like, join together behind them. And as they do that, this energy starts crackling around them. John notices it, 
and dives because it's an explosion and it yeah, blows it up the bar. Which just in one direction, dives in the other, and it just goes boom. Yeah, there's a huge explosion, and they're both really badly hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dago and Chiana actually come in, and uh, there's something jammed through uh, Black John's leg, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, no, don't take it out, don't take it out, and then Dago <laughs> pulls it out anyway. <laughs> like, ah. Oh! Wow. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're going to take you back to Moya. Let's go and let's take yeah, Sarova Sor- as well. Because Sarova, who is okay-ish, says, no, 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 no. Take John, get out of here. We can't be found here together. And so they take John away, back to Moya. Yeah, and so as they leave, once, they, once they've left, we then see a close-up of Sarova. Someone approaches her. We don't see who. And we, there's a shadow over her and she says, come to finish it off then, brother. And then we cut away. So back on Moya, the injured Crichton, he's, he's just lying down. He's lost a lot of blood. Jewel is trying to fix him up, and but she's said, "Oh God, this, he's lost so much blood in a major artery." Yeah, and Dark's like, "Well, replace it." First of all, Jewel has no. I mean, like she admits, "Look, I don't know everything about this. I'm not a practiced physician." Also, he's a weird species. Dark says, "Well, can't you? Your species are similar. Use your uh, blood or something." She says, "I can't." The types have to match, and I'm my blood is donor negative or whatever it is. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't even work. matter. I mean, it has to match within species. Yeah. Even across species, no matter how close they are, it's not going to work. So they're like, okay, what are we going to do? But then John Green comes in. It's like, take my blood and perfect like, donor. And like, really? He's like, yes, just do it. John Black says, you know, it'd be a lot easier for both of us if you just let me die. And he's like, yeah, I know. Shut up. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that, technically, yes, that would solve the problem, but it would. it's not enough reason to let someone die. And I think we've covered this before, like in My Three Crichtons, which does actually get brought up, actually. There's a yeah, small line of, by, by says, Crichton. Like, look, beginning. I know, it's not as bad as the last time with Cro-Magnon and Weird Alien Dude, but <laughs> you know. I'm, still, I'm still the original one, right? So yeah, there's that brief line, but um, it's been proved that, you know, there's a weird clone, and it's, uh, it's a whole lot of problems, and it would be a lot easier if it wasn't there. But when you get right down to it, John is still somewhere under there. He's still a good guy to the extent that he won't just let that person die for no reason. No matter how their whole interaction is, they are still a person. Yeah. In and, a sense, and you don't let them die if, it, if you can save them as easily as just donating a bit of blood. Yeah, exactly. And go, so donate, go donate at your hospital stake. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, John donates blood to John. <laughs> John Green gives his <laughs> blood to John Black. and um... John Green donates John Red to John Black. <laughs> so, yeah, they start up the procedure and John Black is going to be okay. Yes. And later on, we cut up, you know, there's some time passing and Jewel is then talking to John Black and says, okay, both of you are perfect copies. Like, we tested the samples from both of you and there's no difference there's no degradation you are both identical and she says as far as i can tell identical copies of the original Crichton. no it, i like how like it that. says you're both perfect looks way if that's the right word for it copies <laughs> yeah. of yeah yeah that's that's about what i expect from somebody as <laughs> high on a horse's jewel <laughs> so like okay well what do we do uh, now that like he's been injured we still need to get the Chromexton. we like, okay, John Green comes in and says, right, fill me in on what happened down on the planet. Yeah, Dargo, Dargo gave me the rough of it. I need details from you. Why? Because the show must go on. Yeah, so John Green is now going down to take the place of John Black, and because he didn't get injured in the explosion... Yeah, he can just walk in, and he walks... Because first we see Sarova sitting in a wheelchair, so I guess her brother didn't kill her. Mm, yeah. Like, okay, accidentally an explosion is fine. You you want to be on the scene to tragically find her body, not strangle her afterwards and yeah, then be I like, guess. oh, the autopsy shit, she was strangled. Oh, shit. Uh, whoops. <laughs> Clever guy. Clever. He's not that stupid. Sarova's talking with uh, her father and her brother before John walks in. Mm. And it's like, there was no one there. They saw John, an injured John leave. It's like, they are wrong. And then Green John walks in. It's like, hey, everybody, great morning. How is everyone doing? So we want to do this trade dip. What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, don't act like you don't know. We have witnesses to say that you were at the bar and you were probably conspiring to take power. And their father rightly says, look, 
they said he was injured. He looks fine. <laughs> He's like, yep, I'm okay. Sullivan makes the good point of, well, maybe your species regenerates really quickly. And John's like, all right, well, how about this? And he, like, stands up and walks over to no, the no, tank. Because no, no. they're talking about, and, and Tolvin says, I want the truth. And John's like, you can't handle the... You know what? Screw it. Stands up, walks <laughs> to the aquariums, like, let's cut through the crap. Grabs that thing out of the tank. Oh, he's a feisty fellow, eh? <laughs> Puts it on his head. <laughs> yep. And it's like, okay, here we go. My name is John Crichton. I'm an astronaut. I was never actually in that bar. I was not involved in any explosion. I was not involved in whatever the hell happened last night. Of course, because it is John Green, these are not untruth facts. No, he's, he's telling the exact truth. Exactly. And so they're like, oh, well, fine then. You can still have the Chromexton. They had the money in the pod... There's already two pallets standing by, and it's like, fine, we'll take those up first. So, back on Moya, Aaron is talking to John Black and says, Crace is getting ready to leave. This time, I'm pretty sure Crace is telling the truth. They're going to split off and go away, and I think we can trust Crace on this. John Black, who's back up, still doesn't believe her. Yeah. Well, he believes her. He doesn't believe Crace. So, yes, he says Crace is getting ready to leave. We just making the final uh, preparations and getting Talon back up to... Yeah, once he's ba- at least once he's back up, he's going to starburst away. And so we go to Talon, and actually we've got new sets for Talon now uh, in this yeah. episode, because uh, previously we just had like the uh, commander area, but now we have some corridors, which are, again, it's a blend of Peacekeeper and Leviathan, so you've got Leviathan kind of curved corridors with like uh, rectangular indents into them, kind of red, which is a very Peacekeeper thing. So yeah, you've got... Tiana and Rigel and Stark and they're, they've got bags of the Cremexton which is just like red salt or something you know yeah. they just have to pour it on or rub it into all the systems and uh, that will sort uh, Talon out <laughs> and Tiana grabs Rigel and it's like <laughs> okay we're gonna make you useful and like grabs him out of the throne sled and like shoves him into a little access uh, conduit yeah, and it's like do yeah. I look like a TRT actually you do thump <laughs> <laughs> he gets chucked in there. It's like, all right, fine, I'm, I'm being useful. Okay, he's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so they start spreading the stuff around, mm. and you can clearly see Crace getting a bit like shaky as that happens. I'm like, uh oh. And as they start rubbing it in more and more, Crace like starts screaming and collapses to the ground, yeah. and Talon starts shaking, and he's yelling, and he's able to yell out that poison. The Cromexton has been poisoned. He calls them murderers. Yeah. In his rage, actually. He's like, oh, 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 oh slow down. down. Whoa, Calm down. Hey. And so then the next scene, Jewel has analyzed the Cromexton and finds out that it was mixed with Chlorium, which I think came up at his... Uh, Second episode, IET. It's a substance that numbs leviathans. Yeah, it's salt. Oh, right, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's salt. <laughs> In every way, it is salt. Yeah, so it, it numbs leviathans, and it was mixed with the Cromexin, which is a stimulant, so that was probably not a good... You know, that that's it's why... Not, it's, it's not a good thing when those two bodily functions are trying to do the, do the opposite thing. Like, calm down, no, wake up, calm down, <laughs> wake up, calm down, wake up! That's not yeah. good. Exactly. And so what they decide to do is, okay, can we get Moya to filter the chlorium out? Um, Just like she did with uh, the poison in Aaron's system a while back. Again, episode we saw. Yeah, lots of callbacks, which I really like. Mm -hmm. You know, they're using the continuity of the show to their advantage. Even just like little things like this of like, oh yeah, remember we did that. So, you know, this is something we know works Mm -hmm. to an extent. And Pilot says, okay, I think we can make that work. And uh, Moya is much larger than Talon, so the amount of chlorium shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it shouldn't affect her. Minimal effects. Like it's it's a numbing agent. She might feel a bit woozy for a bit, but so then Aaron and John Black are heading to Talon, and uh, this is when Aaron is walking there with a big bag of stuff. Yeah, and John is also carrying a bag. And Aaron says, "Okay, well, the re- retrieval squad has to be." nearby they've got to follow talon talon has to starburst to to get away and john's like yeah i believe you they're up there yeah with the starburst but we won't be able to get back and he's like yeah i noticed you packing your bags yeah so i figured something like that was going he on. also packed his own bag so he came prepared so back down on the planet uh, john green and dargo <laughs> i love this scene but... yeah because because aaron was like okay i'm gonna dip below the uh atmosphere just just a brief moment to tell our friends what was happening up there yeah. And so they cut straight to... And this took me off, off guard for a moment. It's like, what the hell is happening? But second viewing, I'm like, oh, right, because that's the info John Green and Dargo just got. 
Yeah. Like, hey, they screwed us over. Okay. <laughs> All right then. And so they pay Tolvin a visit, and they sort of grab him and throw him down. It's like, you've been lying to me, boy. You've been lying to me. You've been lying to your sister. You've been lying to your daddy. And you don't want to lie to your daddy, do you? Who's, who's tell, your daddy? Who's, who's your, daddy? your daddy? Dargo, tell him who's your daddy. I'm your daddy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to lie to your daddy. It's the best. I love that scene so much. Oh... I love when those two are working together like that. I just love it because Doug is like, I'm your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the only thing he says in this scene, and it's perfect. Yeah, so yeah, then they grab uh, Tolvin and they stick the creature to his head, which is called a stranet, actually. But mm-hmm. um, they're like, right, let's, let's sort this out. He grabs it and like holds him down over the aquarium. He says, did you poison the Chromextin? And he says, like- no, I didn't. And, and it doesn't do anything. Uh, huh. Pralanoff is there as well. And John says, can this thing be fooled? It says, in rare instances, disciplined minds are able to, but Tolvan is not a liar. It's like, you tell me that now. He keeps and he's it. like, okay, well, were you involved in the bombing of your sister? Or did you command somebody for that? And he just says, no, I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. And again, it doesn't kill him. It's like, did you want us not to have the Chromexton? Yes. Of course. <laughs> and you did fire the missiles. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you're just a good and loyal son, aren't you? And then this aren't thing you? suddenly starts twitching. And John's <laughs> like, oh, because he wasn't, John was preparing to go into this subject. But when he said, yeah, just, just goody two-shoes loyal son, huh? Oh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you are a loyal and truthful son, right? It's like, I'm not, I don't have to answer to you. But Pralinov says, you must answer. You answer to me. Yeah, I don't. You don't answer to him, but you answer to me. Are you loyal to your oath, or are you planning to not be loyal to your oath? Are you planning to dishonor the family? Yeah. And he's like, no, and then funk gets yeah, stabbed. He just right shouts, in, no! Right in the forehead and just killed dead by the yeah. uh, Stranet. And There's a bit more tension build up to this one, but yeah, yeah it's like. It does. It's Beautiful tension. Oh yeah, like up. there's the, you have the close up of his face mm-hmm. and he's like sweating and like and he and he's <laughs> he's trying to dodge the question. Yeah, and it's like eventually he just shouts no and he gets killed by that thing in his forehead. I'm like, you could have just said yes, maybe a little. <laughs> like, I mean, either, either way, if he says yes, then he just gets probably gets kicked out of the family or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's preferable to death. I agree. <laughs> that too. And I'm also like, let's be honest, the fact that you might have thought. This loyal thoughts is not wrong. <laughs> like, come on, we've all had, we've all been there. We're just not <laughs> acting on them this is something completely different. But you that's be like. But Pralinov does ask him, "Do you intend?" Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't intend to dishonor the family, and that's when he gets killed. So, like, I'm, that's you know, he. Does I know exactly. I know exactly what part that is because Sarova was absolutely right. He was planning on taking power once his father exactly. was dead. So there you go. All right. So you know, Tolvin is dead, and Pralinov says. To John and Dargo, you just get out of here, take your stuff yeah, and go. Completely, completely defeated, like, get out. So they leave, and Sarova is like, I avenge his death by firing missiles, and Prelnoth is, no, he caused his own death, it's his own yeah, fault. There's, there's, there's nothing to be avenged. Because to be honest, most of the problems they've had until now were all his fault. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think we mentioned this earlier, that Sarova is in a wheelchair because of the explosion. So she's... Talk- she staggers to her feet. But then, like, suddenly... <laughs> After he says, like, no, that he caused his own death, we're just going to let them leave. She just stands up and grabs the tube on his collar and yanks it out. Yeah, knocks out the guard that's there. And I'm like, oh, well, yes, we know who the real warmonger was in the family, huh? <laughs> and she's, yeah, she just walks over completely fine to the uh, console with the commands for the missiles on it and just orders the missile attack to resume. And so back up on Moya and Talon. Talon is waking up but he can't take the pressure, he can't take all the attacks from the missiles just fired into the clouds. And Chris is like, look, we need to go up. We have no other choice. And then we'll just starburst away. Is Talon ready for that? Well, he has to be. (laughs) Yeah, barely. And there's a peacekeeper peacekeeper scan as well. And so they're like, okay, let's leave. Everyone is back aboard. So we've got on Talon, we've got Chris, Aaron, and John Black, Mm -hmm. and... Also, Stark, Stark and, Rigel. And, Rigel. and Rigel. And on Moya, you've got John Green and Jewel and Dargo and Pilot, obviously. And uh, Chiana, of and course. Chi- and Chiana, yeah. And so they're taking off, they separate the umbilicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moya doesn't actually want to separate them, but she's like, no, I won't leave Talon. I won't do that. And, and Kreis basically convinces Talon to do it on his end. It's like, okay, no. 
we're leaving. If we have any chance of surviving, we have to separate and go off our two separate ways, split up. And so they go up out of the atmosphere and they manage to starburst. Talon just barely manages to starburst and then Moya starbursts and they both get away. Yes. So we've uh, split the party officially. <laughs> now. Uh-huh. Because Starburst is pretty random, so they're not jumping to the same location. Mm. So they do that, and then as soon as they leave, like peacekeeper ships come down uh, above the planet and like go mm-hmm. down towards it. So they like, just got out of there in time, including the big vigilante-class ship. Mm-hmm. Let me cut to a scene back down on the planet, back in the like the alleyway uh, that we saw earlier, and it's still raining. Oh, this is freaky. Oh, this freaked me the hell out. So, Sarova is walking down there and... She's in a little cubicle that basically outside of the entrance of her bar. Yeah, we saw that before where they went through to go in and she's standing there. And there's another just uh, random guy who's also in the street. I didn't think he was random at first. Yeah, I was was like, who's this guy? But he doesn't... He has a briefcase on. There must be something important. No, he doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands there. And so, Sarova is in this little uh, room and is... Glass room. Glass room, and he's sort of standing there, and then doubles over, and then like mm-hmm. stands up again, and then freaks out, like is rocking back and forth, and then we get a close up of her face. That oh, this is freaky. Like yeah. it vib- basically flips back and like around and vibrates back and forth, and there's like a f- head flopping around and flailing, and it has close ups of her face like morphing into some awful it's, like distended it's like face dis- distorted like, yeah. like a, a funhouse mirror just distorting her face yeah and it does that a couple of times with a couple of different looks oh it's so cr- fucking creepy it was really creepy it freaked me out a bit because when i saw this scene first i was like oh that's a pre-existing condition and she's getting the medicine from that man with the oh no the man is now dead no <laughs> yeah because what happens is she turns into just transforms entirely into this big red alien that I would describe it as... I initially thought it was a Scarron, but it's not. And it's kind of like if the alien from Alien, the film, yeah. but red and without a tail. Yeah, pretty much. It just has the same head and the rest is just... But notably... pretty humanoid. It's, got, it's red in colour mm-hmm. and has like some kind of chitinous armour over it. Exactly like the hand we saw put the putty into the bar yes. that exploded. Yes, 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 yes. Whatever this is, it reaches through the glass, kills the man that was in the street. So, here's the thing. Yeah. Sarova has been dead since the bar explosion. I, even after I finished the episode for the first time, it took me until I stood in the shower that I realized, hang on a second! <laughs> yeah, so Sarova was killed and then replaced by this shapeshifter, which yeah. is why uh, they then killed Pralanoth and continued the attack on Moya and Talon, because then who walks into scene and asks for a report and he says, well, they only got some of the, they didn't get all the Chromexin they needed. It's Zalak's son. It's Aaron's Badass mom. mom. Yeah. Can I just say she looks fucking badass She's with really... her pulse rifle in one hand and there's the hood over her face. And it's like, oh, and she's oh got my. a scar, I think, on her left eye. Yeah. And, uh, the alien reports and says that uh, they only got a third of the Chromexin they needed. It's like, right, well now, all we need to do is find the gunship. Yeah, because he's clearly not recovered yet. Yeah. And I like that the alien asks, like, aren't you going to kill me? She just looks at him. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> I, I like that detail, hinting that there might be some... It's, it's kind of played off as, you know, maybe there's a good part of her in there, yes. but also, you may yet serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably also it, but it's like, yeah. it could be the case that she's not as evil as we think. Mm, we shall see, we'll find out. Mm. So, then, our next scene is on Moya. Oh, right, is this John and Darko's comedy routine? Yes, God, I love this. Because um, John Green, he's going through his stuff. He's like, God damn it, John Black, he took Winona. And he took my notebook, the son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, it's like and, and, and Dario's like, oh, come on. He left you this lovely jacket. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. I, I was wearing that jacket. <laughs> and he says, well, okay, at least he's out of your nose. And John says, no, it's like, no out, hair. Out of my hair. It's like, right. That's what I mean, nose hair. Yeah, right. At least he's out of your nose hair. It's like, <laughs> and uh, it's like, Okay, well, god damn it, the other one, he set it up so that he could be on talent with Aaron, and he... It's like, oh, well, I hope to be fair, John, wouldn't you have done the same thing? He's like, no, I wouldn't. Yes, 
I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> he says, I hope he's having a good time. You know what? No, I know. I hope he isn't having a good time. Screw him. It's like, at least he better be taking care of Aaron. And Tyler's oh, like, oh, oh, oh she, she's sure taking care of her. I'm sure he is. It's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, darkest comedy routine. It's just uh. an exchange of like, at least he's out of your nose. No, out of my hair. Right. Out of your nose hair. That's what I meant. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really interested in what Anthony Simcoe did for comedy movies because I kind of want to watch them now. Well, like, if you ever watch, there's a bunch of outtake videos you can find of Farscape, and those, those are always really funny, right? Outtakes from. Yeah, I'll, see, I'll see if I can find them on the earlier. There is, on the DVD extras, there is a blooper reel. I need to check if it's for the season separate. I've seen some of the clips, and Anthony Simcoe is like, he's just the biggest joker and is really <laughs> silly. Which is great because he plays Dark <laughs> Yeah, that's a perfect combination. Yeah, so like, we've seen that bit where he played like uh, Gary Regal in uh, oh, yeah, Won't Get Fooled yeah, yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. <laughs> I love it when they just have a little bit of fun like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now we do have things split up. We've got John on Talon. Uh, John Black, and then John Green on Moya with everyone else. So we have two Johns and two separate crews. And then we cut to Talon and Rigel. Uh, he's upset that there's going to be no contact with Moya. Because yeah, he wanted to go back. It's like, no, well, we can't make contact with Moya until we get rid of the retrieval squad because we yeah. put them both in danger. And they're like, well, where are my quarters? And it's like, um, but bring me to my quarters then if I have to be locked up in here. And Cray says, well, Talon's crew compartment is not fully developed yet and we'll have to ration the food and you and Stark will have to share a room. And I like that Stark just walks off to him and is like, oh, it's great. It'll be your side, my, my side, side, your side, my side. <laughs> Rigel's is like, oh, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that's actually where the spin-off series starts. Mm. Rice and Stark, roommates. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great sitcom. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be pretty good. All right. One's an Imerian in a floating chair, the other's a slightly mad man with... A metal face. <laughs> <laughs> they, they fight crime? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, uh, maybe. Sure. I think they'd cause crime. No, yeah, that's more accurate, fight. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so then the uh, final scene of the episode is uh, Aaron and John Black, or Talon John, I guess we could call him yeah, now. Yeah, Talon John. We'll call him that now Now that they're split up, but um, she tells him that her mum is in control of the retrieval squad, and she's <laughs> like, I don't think that's a coincidence. She must have been put on that squad to bring my judgement out of balance. But Aaron says, I will not let the peacekeepers capture Talon, even if it means she has to kill her mother. That's where we cut. And that was episode. I'd like to add to that. I think there's a second reason why they put her on the retrieval squad. What's that? To, pro to prove her loyalty. Yeah, it's also kind of a test, yeah. Yeah, mm. that's bound to be the, the the other reason that she's on there. I mean, that's definitely a peacekeeper tr tactic, that is. Oh, yeah. All right, so, yeah, that was the episode. That was thanks for sharing. Um... What do we think? I actually... I really like it. Yeah, I was really enjoying it, um... And again, like, they've stuck with the two Crichtons, right? Mm -hmm. And they're now on separate ships. There's, yeah, like, they, two different They did crews. split them up to be like, okay, we don't have to do Ben Browder talking to himself. <laughs> mm. And the plot works together pretty well. Again, it's, like, one of those instances where we've got this place with its own uh, plot and its own people and things going on there that mm -hmm. has to mesh into the story of Talon and the Peacekeepers and all that stuff and it meshes together very well yep I think part it's main story and side story and character scenes all wrapped up nicely and I think part of the reason it meshes together quite well is because the attitude specifically of Crichton both Crichtons really of like look we don't care about your stupid political situation no. we just want our stuff and we want to go they, yeah. you know they're not yeah. they're trying really hard not to get involved because they don't give a shit and nope. that's, I think that's part of why that works because as the audience we're not expected to necessarily get involved with this situation that we've only just been that we've only mm -hmm. just come up this episode because the crew is also having the same reaction like, we don't care we're just here to trade. We don't need to hear your life story. Do you want to buy or not? Yeah. <laughs> or sell and, in this case. But. And again, that, that's kind of why they're reminding me of like a group of player characters, like late into a campaign, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, We just want the stuff. Can we leave? Like, no, we don't want to say village num number 137. We just want the stuff. We'll don't go. you people have city guards? <laughs> you there with the sword. Can you do anything? Well, I used to be an adventurer, but that... No, 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 don't up. you dare. <laughs> 
How dare you, sir? <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, and uh, I like the establishing shots of the visuals of this planet that give you a bit more of a sense of it not just being a couple of sets, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, and actually the two Crichtons playing off each other was actually pretty interesting yeah. and how they're coming to terms with there being two of them now. I do like that the reason there are now two Crichtons. I can just imagine them writing the story for the season of like, yeah, but we kind of want... Okay, but where do we place John? Do we place him on Moya or on Talon? Because like, we want to keep him with Eren, but on the other hand, having Moya without Crichton is like... It, I mean, we only have one main character. Why not both, Dodger? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we only have one main character. Do we have to? <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that was the thought process, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that may well have been it, and... Again, it's it's to the series credit that they take this kind of weird thing that has typically been, you know, uh, would have been resolved in that episode mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and they don't. They don't. They actually go with it. They roll with it, and it's like this is the episode after, and they've split up into two separate groups, and so it looks like that's not going to change anytime soon. And everyone did their parts really well. I loved uh, Dargo just being, yeah, <laughs> just going along with all the. Making fun of John a little bit, and also the "I'm your daddy" part. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. And oh, I find this really tricky because, well, also like this is this is a perfect example of an ensemble cast all working really well together. Mm -hmm. Even even Jewel, who's not been on the show that long, actually fits in pretty well. Yeah, and Chiana, I think, had the smallest role. Yes, Chiana didn't but have even, a whole lot to do. But even she. She was there. She did things. She contributed to scenes. I mean, she, she was bouncing off Jewel and Rigel, and she was involved in the scene where they start the fight or the yep, yeah, no. yep. So they, everybody had something to do. Yeah, and like Darkwing Chiana had a smaller role, but that's with a cast this size. That's normal. Yeah, Sometimes she take a back seat, but they were still in scenes that were relevant and fun. <laughs> I find it really hard to say if it's either a four or a five because on one mm. hand there is nothing I would change. Is there anything that blows me out of the water in this episode? It's just really solid. I would say I would definitely easy four. I think I think four is probably right because, yeah. like you said, it's it's a high four, a yeah, very high. Four. It's really solid. Uh, there's nothing completely mind blowing. There's some really good emotional stuff with Erin uh, looking at the video of her and her mother, but really mm -hmm. that's about as far as that gets. And then we've just got this really tight episode around that. So yeah, yeah. I think four out of five, and that's definitely. Just only because it didn't have like a big explosive impact. There wasn't nothing that would make this episode be like, oh, that's a standout episode I remember because of this thing. Yeah, it's just really solid, really good. I think the only thing that would like, <laughs> that will, like the only bits of dialogue that you're gonna like remember from this is stuff like "I'm your daddy." <laughs> that's what stands out at the test of time. But um, yep. All right. When, so yeah, when all the dust has settled and. Farscape has been forgotten by all. There's one thing that we will always remember. And that's that Dargo is your daddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there we go. Hey, look, season three, we're in seven episodes in, and this has it's, been really good so yes, far. way better start than season oh, two. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sorry, yeah. season two. That's not a dig on you. You did very well. It's just... It took, it took a while before took you get started. Going, yeah. and there were no bad episodes in season two. Just it started on a very okay level. I mean, taking the stone did happen. And <laughs> it's it wasn't bad. Hang on, did we get that at two? I think we did. <laughs> it wasn't great. Let's put it that way. It's with the inflated scoring, so it's not as bad as Jeremiah Crichton. Yeah. So so okay. anyway, um, that was uh, thanks for sharing. So next week is Green Eyed Monster. This is the episode, and so ah, um, I know that who that's going to be about. Well, possibly, and I'll say this now. Actually, what starts happening now with Farscape is that so now we've got Talon and Moya, and we've got two crews on on either ship. Yeah, I'm assuming they're we're going to have alternating episodes. Exactly. That's what yeah. that's what starts happening, and so next week is a Talon episode, and then after that will be Moya and oh, a Talon go, episode. Yeah, a Talon episode next oh, week. I thought it was going to. Oh, I thought Green Eyed Monster was going to be about Jewel. No, no. Oh, I see, because she's got the green... Ah, yeah! No, it's more metaphorical than that. Oh, interesting. You know, um, so here's the brief synopsis. Talon gets swallowed by a Budong. So a Budong's <gasps> come back. Ooh! And it's up to Stark to save them. And rumours of an affair spread distrust among the crew. That's where the green-eyed monster comes in. Jealousy. Oh, uh, you see? Uh. 
and so yeah next week is a Talon episode and then we'll be alternating back and forth between Talon and Moya sweet alright everybody gets more free time aside from Ben Browder yeah, yeah exactly Ben Browder is the only person who's going to be on both of those types of episodes so he's working double well he's not working double time because he's still been in every episode up till now but yeah. um, half, the cast, <laughs> half the cast gets to take the week off <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, looking forward to that and hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I thought it was this was a really solid, was a good one. solid episode. Very yeah. good. And again, it's setting up things for the future. We've got Aaron's mum and, you know, they're chasing down Talon. What's, there's got to be some kind of confrontation and war. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward what, to that. What are they going to do in the meantime? They're going to have their own story arc. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Alright, so thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on the web i'm on twitter at can't wear hats and red is at for dolkin in tree yes go to can'twearhats.co.uk for previous episodes and links to itunes where you can find this podcast and rate it and all that other Re- stuff write a review or something yeah, nice yeah. Or if you uh if, if you, you feel, feel like if you feel that way inclined no, would, no uh, pressure no pressure we're would... trying to be as non-pressury <laughs> as possible we'll get uh, one of these days i'm going to get used to doing this but uh, not this week um <laughs> And all of this is, of course, supported by my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash hats. So, uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Huh, okay, hats. I mean, you're, you were right. I'm glad we got rid of the clone hats it's you can do this on your own just fine yeah it was uh you know too many cooks spoil the bro oh son of a bitch he took my favorite mug oh Wait, did you just tweet something oh god no he's in my twitter account what he's starting another podcast a babylon five rewatch oh god damn it i gotta shut this down